Well, hello there, and welcome back to A Room Above the Attic, a true crime podcast where I describe horrendous murders to my father. And I'm the father, and I listen in past judgment on all I hear about. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and here we are, back again, another another episode. Yeah, another yes. day. I uh, wonder if you got a good one for me today. Um. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well... I'll be a judge of that. So. This is how this podcast works. Well, yeah. I'll you sit here and judge. Sometimes I judge, but you mostly do the judging. Yes. I tried to have a podcast ready for today. I just could not get one ready. Yeah. I just yeah. have to pick one and then commit myself to it. Yeah. Yeah, this is all Hannah today, so. Yeah. All right. All righty. So, today we're going to a time not so far away, the 80s. The 80s? Yes. I remember the 80s. Yeah. They were an interesting time. I don't. I was not born yet, but I hear they were fun. (laughs) Greed was good. Nice. Well, you know, people still believe that right now, but... Yeah. Well, a lot of good things happened in the 80s. They... Yeah, I love the music and the movies. Uh The clothes weren't bad. Pop culture was... It was good. Yeah. It was good in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. All my favorite movies come from the 80s. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Outsiders. Right. Top Goonies. Two, the Goonies, another good one. Tons of good movies from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I, it's it's weird because, you know, pop culture nowadays is so jumbled. There's just so much of it. Yeah. Uh, over the internet, whatever. It's just that you can't really... You can't really... Uh, fix yourself on one thing yeah you know? it's always changing but in the 80s you know trapper keepers they were a thing you know yeah. like Reeboks they used to be a thing where you pumped up your the tongue of your shoes you pump up kicks or oh. whatever they were called and uh, you know it, it was just easier to be a big deal back in the 80s yeah it wasn't so much media yeah around. <laughs> so alright All right, so take me back yeah Take me back to when I was a kid. Alrighty. So, we're going to take a little trip in our DeLorean to New York City, a subway train in New York City, on December 22nd of 1984. 1984. Okay. Yes. Alright, I was just a young lad. Yeah. Yes. I was negative how many every year old. <laughs> You are not even a thought in my brain. No. But at that time. Alrighty. So on the afternoon of December 22nd, uh, four African-American men were shot while riding the number two train. Is this that famous story about the the men that were wrongly convicted? Do I know this one? No. It's not. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay, go. go so, so say that again. So four African-American men. Yes, we're shot while riding the number two train. Okay. Um, the victims in this case were Barry Allen, Daryl Cabby. Barry Allen? Yeah. The Flash. Yeah, you're wearing his shirt right now. I am wearing the Flash's shirt. What a coincidence. That, that just happened to work out. Huh. All right, so Barry Allen, The Flash. Yeah. Who else? Daryl Cabby. Okay. Troy Canty and James Rasmere. Okay. Um, the incident began when Troy uh, Canty asked a fellow subway writer how he was doing. Yeah, that that's, that always that's sets things off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so he's just uh, 
He just asked nice. this man. Yeah. Okay. And the man he asked was a man who went by the name Bernard Getz. Guts. 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 I believe is how that's How we looked it up before and I can never remember. Guts. Guts. <laughs> that's how the computer said it. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and he thought that they were canvassing him out to mug him by saying hello. By saying hello. Yes. Wow. Talk about paranoid. Yeah. Okay. Um, later that afternoon, Canty approached him once more to ask him for five dollars. So, so the guy that said, "How are you doing?" Mm-hmm. He went back and said, "Hey, how about five bucks?" Yeah. And uh, okay, so the the guy was probably getting a vibe from this this uh, this kid. I'm guessing he was a kid. Yeah, they were all okay. teenagers. Um, yeah, he was probably getting a vibe. Knowing that it's he probably wanted something from him. Yeah. Okay. He, so he asked him for money. Still yeah. not not a not no, a crime. No. Okay. So before this, or Yitz worked at an electronics business that he had established inside of his own apartment, um, and he had already been mug, mugged once in 1981. So this is. Uh... Yeah. about three years later. Yeah. And after that, he began to illegally conceal carry. So he was armed at all times. Mm. Mm. So he's already on edge. And he thinks these people are coming to he's rob him. He's got a past. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, can, I, I can understand the state of mind he's in. Because, right. you know, everybody's been in that situation where somebody's right. come up to you that you didn't feel comfortable with. And yeah. they probably asked you for money or something. Right. You know, it's just being around, being alive in the world. Right. But mind you, there's other people on the subway car with him. That's happened to me, and I've never killed anyone. Yeah. So there, there's the bar right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's other people on the subway. It's not like they're going to rob him on the subway car with yeah. other people around. I mean, according to 80s uh, movies in, of the day, they could, yes. They could. I, I don't, with 80s I don't pop think culture. it's going to happen, though. Okay. Because then you have a lot of people who've seen you. Right, right. It's le- less likely. Although they could rob them and then get off the train real quick if it's about to come to a stop. Yeah. Again, from the movies. Right. <laughs> all right, keep going. Um. All right, so the he's asked him for just five dollars mm-hmm. um and gets pulls out his 38 caliber handgun and shoots all four people oh my gosh yeah it you'd think it'd be enough just to show him the gun yeah he went just ahead be like and, hey get the hell out of here yeah but be like he, i don't have anything leave you know well the first response would be like no i, I don't have anything right and if they come back again You'd be like, no, buddy, you gotta go. Yeah, yeah. But no. But he, he just... shot all four people. Yes. For asking for money. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Nope. Nope. Not on board. All right. Keep no. going. Um, Gets actually shot Canty one more time after this, severing his spinal cord and paralyzing him. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, and when well, he, was he down on the ground when this happened, or I was he know. trying to come after the guy? I mean, I first think he was already do much. down or something. Wow, because Guts is quoted as saying, You seem to be all right, here's another, as he shot him. Oh, my goodness, yeah, okay, this guy's just out to, to get somebody, yeah, wow, he's probably yeah. feeling vulnerable from the last time he got mugged. 
little um, little felt like a victim this time. Right. He this wasn't going to be a victim, no. even though yeah. there probably was no. There was no problem to begin with. Right. Wow. So when the train conductor heard the shots, he pulled the emergency brake on the train, stopping it. Uh-huh. Uh, this time, Getz stopped off the train and disappeared into a tunnel. And okay, I'm not on board with this guy at all. Right. Not a, yeah, okay. But the um, three men that he shot did have screwdrivers on them. Mm. But... Well, that seems like that could be a weapon. I mean... Right. That was probably used to mug people. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. And only three of them had it. Three out of the four. And he, did he know they had the screwdriver at the time? The he said. Um, oh, keep keep going. Canty had his hand in his pocket, and he could see an object uh-huh. in his pocket, but he didn't know for sure what it was, and he wasn't like. Actively, like, pulling anything out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Guts eventually turned himself into the authorities in New Hampshire on December 30th, I believe, of 1984. Okay. When did this day happen? December 22nd. So, not too long after. And then after, when did he turn himself in? Um, sometime around December 30th. Okay, so about eight days later. Yeah. Okay. Um... And a grand jury was convened in late January of 1985. So okay. he was in a jail cell for about a year. Do you th- was he in the jail? He, well, th- he turned himself in for Right, but that doesn't people. mean he was in jail for the whole time. The right, judge could have released him until... Or he could have posted bond. Yeah. I guess I didn't look into that too much. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, yeah. But... Um. Well, he was indicted... On three counts of illegal weapons possession. Okay. So um, Three counts of it. Yeah. But the ground jury failed to return an indictment on the more serious charges of attempted murder and assault. So, so did he, attempted murder, did no one die? No, no one okay. died. He was just paralyzed for no, the rest of his was, life. Well, he shot all the friends. Right. But he didn't. He, they're, they're not dead. They're not. No one, one died. One's paralyzed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, he just got off with three indictments of illegal weapons possession, not even a murder charge or assault. Huh. Um, but they were, he was deemed kind of like a hero for trying to stop because at this time robberies on the subway were kind of prevalent Right. and people were like, good on you for like sticking up and whatever. But a lot of people thought it was racially motivated uh-huh. since all four of them were African-American. So this is a hard one, I guess, to judge because do they, did they have a record, these guys? Not that it mattered at the time. I don't know if they did but have you, a record. What you could say is they've mugged people in the past. Most likely they're going to mug right. people. No. Who knows if they were going to mug him. Right. But they had the tools of the trade on them. Right. Um, so it's kind of hard to, you know, did they come up and were they being aggressive? Hey, man, you got five bucks, you know? Right. And, or was it just uh, like, hey, do you, you know, have $5 them, you can give me? Kind of letting them know we're not leaving until we get your money. Or, yeah. you know, are they waiting for him to get the five bucks out before they steal his wallet? 
Right. Or are they just asking, hey, man, got five bucks? Yeah, no, maybe they need... That's fine. They I'm need money now. for their next train fare. Yeah. yeah. Never know. Who, who, who knows? And, yeah, okay. So keep keep going. Um, so the favorable public opinion he enjoyed um, started to wane and political pressures on prosecution increased. Okay. So, um, as a result, the case against... Yetz was brought to a second grand jury on March 27th of 1985. Mm-hmm. This time, he was indicted by a second grand jury on a total of 13 charges, ranging from illegal weapons possession to attempted murder. This time they so, got the attempted yeah. murder. Okay. Um, I don't think double jeopardy applies to grand juries. I don't grand think juries so just are Their whole purpose is to see if there should be a trial. Yeah. So... This time they said there should be a trial. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to the start of the trial in spring of 1987, a significant portion of the indictment was dismissed by a state Supreme Court judge due to the instructions to the grand jury associated with the reasonable person standard for self-defense. So he's saying he did it in self-defense because they were coming at me to rob And the... Judge there is saying that the instructions given to the grand jury were insufficient. So right. uh, I'm letting some of these charges get dropped. Yes. Okay. Um, but the charges were later reinstated by the Court of Appeals. Okay. <laughs> There's a winding road. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Goetz's lawyer was able to successfully argue a claim of self-defense. Uh, because New York law allows deadly force in self-defense to thwart attempted robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, just robbery. Attempted robbery. So all they had to prove was he thought he was getting robbed. They did not have to prove that he thought his life was in danger. Yes. So that's a lower bar. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the case of Getz, all four men did not show the screwdrivers to him. Mm-hmm. So well, did any of them show the screwdrivers? Still, no. He okay. claimed that one of the men had his hand in the pocket, and there appeared to be an object that was, in that. That was it, right? Okay. Um, the defense centered on Getz's belief that of impending physical harm if he did not comply with their demands for money. Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying they threatened him without showing him their screwdrivers. Which, I mean... They could have been threatening. Right. You know. Yeah. Just, you know. But, I don't know. I mean, that's something we can't... We can't know. You know? Right. Yeah. Gets faced a jury that included seven people who had experience with crime, with crime and fear of crime. So he's going to be... He's going to be acquitted. Oh, yeah. He was only convicted of criminal possession of a handgun and found not guilty on the other charges, and he served less than a year in jail. Hmm. That's a hard one, because I don't know the situation he was in. Right. Seems like when we started out, it seems like he had a chip on his shoulder from the last time he got robbed. Right. The more we got into it, the more I was thinking, these guys... Might have been, they might have, might have been. been, you know, coming on strong trying to get money, right? From them. Especially when there's like four people surrounding you, yeah. And then one hey, of them asks, Hey, for man, money. 
I need five bucks. Yeah. But still, I think the bar has changed. Like, you need to fear, fear for your life. And in that situation, yeah. there's no way he could have feared for his life. Right, because they hadn't threatened he him. He could just be anything. scared. Yeah. But not fear for his life. Right. So, interesting. Okay. All right. Um, in the 1996, the vocation brought against Guts by a cabbie, the man he shot and paralyzed. He was found not guilty of the more serious criminal charges stemming from the shooting, but he was found responsible for the harm inflicted on him. So, the fact that... Well, well he, he was, shot he him did, twice. Apparently. Yeah. When once probably would have done it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's another thing, too. He shot the, right. the guy he paralyzed twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the jury awarded Cabby $18 million in damages for the physical harm and $25 million in punitive damages. Oh, from one guy? They were trying to get that from one guy? Yeah. Was this guy rich? I, he ran an electronics thing out of his apartment, so I don't think so. Huh. But, wow, they really went for a lot of money there. Okay. Yeah, he got it, though. Well, he won the judgment. Doesn't mean he got the money from the guy. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Don't they have to like take a certain amount? Out? Yeah, he's, they're still supposed to have enough to live off of, you know. Right. You know, there's only there's only a percentage they take if they garnish garnish wages. Right. But I don't know. There's so much law involved there that he could fight it. He could just refuse to pay it. Right. You know, and then they'd have to go after him again. So, okay, what, what else? Uh, that is the end of the story until it. 1990, when this would go on to inspire the second ever episode in the hit TV show produced by Dick Wolf, Law & Order. This this was the thing that, uh, the case that inspired Law & Order? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, backstory, we have been watching a lot of Law & Order. We have been. Now, I have... I have been a huge fan of Law and Order since the day it started. I, Law and Order is a great show. Yeah, it's one of those shows where it's on. You got to watch it. Right. I got to watch it. And um, almost every iteration. I'm not a huge fan of SVU just because I just don't. You know the, well, hey. the content in there. I just yeah. don't need to. It's just too dark for me. Yeah. But um. Uh. I guess murder is fine. <laughs> yeah. But SVU murder. is not. But, um, uh, and then Criminal Intent we watched. Mm. You know, there intense. was a Law and Order LA. Huh. And, Must uh, not have done very it didn't, well. I guess it was not very long. I, I barely remember it. But anyway, that's, uh, that's crazy. So this story inspired Law and Order. Yeah. The second ever episode. Yeah. And how, how the prosecutors... Kept on trying to get this guy. Yeah. The guy that shot. That's why I kept... Um, I included the jury process. And yeah, so, the grand jury yeah. and everything. Because you see that in that show. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, you mentioned, now that you say that, I can envision the characters doing right. doing this Prosecute, you know, pr- yeah. prosecuting this case right <laughs> that that was great that that was cool that came full circle yeah, yeah in our in our uh, social distancing we've been watching law and order i know and there's been a uh, channel that's had it on oh sundance does marathons as well as we tv we tv yeah they've been doing a marathon yeah and we just 
We just been watching that. Wow, that was a good one. That was a good idea. See, when I'm trying to do podcasts, it's, it's or subjects. I'm trying to find cool ideas like that, but this last time I could not. I could not. Yeah. I, I there was a ton of different cases that I mm-hmm. came across, but none of them grabbed me, and I wanted something to grab me. This one, this is a good idea. Yeah. I like this story. Good job. Thank you. I was just like looking up stuff, and I was like. Crimes that inspired, and then one of the suggestions was Law and Order. I was like, "Oh, I know what I'm doing." Yeah, I wanted to watch Law and Order from the very first episode on with you. Mm. I think but Amazon Prime actually has. I've checked, unless they just put it on there. I don't know. I keep on getting advertisements for SVU. I don't know if they. I think have... they might have SVU, but I don't think they have the okay. original Law and Order. And. Um, uh, we were watching Slow Burn, and one of the people who was on the committee... Ed, Ed were, Thompson? Yeah. I believe his name was. He was on the committee for uh, Reagan. No. No. To, not Reagan. To uh, um, Watergate. Peach. Yeah. Nixon. Nixon, that's his name. Yeah. Um, Fred. Fred Thompson. Fred, Fred Thompson. Thompson. And he... Uh, so, yeah, he was a bona fide real-life politician attorney yeah on the panel i don't know what his actual title was right me neither but to impeach richard nixon he was on uh, i believe a republican if i can remember correctly mm-hmm. and um he was also the head district attorney in law and order yeah and no i used to tell people that and they would never believe me they'd be like that guy he's an actor he's not a politician I'm like he's both He's an actor really, and a politician. Yeah. We had an actor that was a president. I mean, we have, we have a reality TV star that's a president right now. Yeah. I mean, how how far fetched is that? Right. But um, no one believed me. Huh. And I thought he did a great job as the uh, district attorney um, in Law and Order. Yeah. He did. I thought he. Uh, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of the original show. Yeah. Well, now you guys know another trivia fact. For, like, bar trivia or pub trivia or whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah. that's That was a good good, good call. Yeah. Full yeah. circle. Yeah. Well, all right. I, what do you think? I think. We could do a whole podcast just talking about Law & Order. We could. Now that I'm thinking about it. Law & Order. Your favorite, um, your favorite district attorney. Oh, uh, Michael. I love, don't get me wrong, I like Jack, but Michael. Michael's the new young kid? Yeah. That we've been, okay. Um, the younger guy, Jack McCoy. Jack. Gotta be Jack McCoy. Jack's pretty good. Yeah. He, like, he gets very, like, I don't want to say aggravated, but, like, when he's, his closing statements are always pretty good. When he gets angry. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's good. And then, uh, uh, favorite detectives? Um, Gotta be Lenny Briscoe. Yeah, Briscoe's pretty good. And then his part, and then the second one. There's always two. Um, I don't know. I like the old guy with the fluffy white hair that came in after Dennis Farina. Yeah, the guy that kind of looked like he was a mob guy. No, he replaced the first detective. Fluffy white hair. Yeah, I don't know his name. <laughs> he, but the other guy retired. And then I'm going to look up detectives and there's going to be a long Den- list. Den- the guy with the mustache. Mm-hmm. That's Dennis Farina. Okay, yes. Yeah, I believe. 
I'm not. The, the, if I look it up, the list is going to be a little too long. I'm, I think I'm getting their names right. Okay. But anyway. All right. Yeah. All righty. So. We've gone on that. too long. People, <laughs> people don't want to hear us get off track here. All right. Well. If you do want a Law & Order uh podcast let us know we'll do one yeah we will <laughs> our favorite episodes our favorite actors and characters from the show yeah our favorite shows that would be fun maybe one of these shows should be that well the law and order special a law and order special yeah yeah, yeah. of course we used to listen to watch a lot of csi i don't know if you did but me i did mom, not and um yeah we used to watch that all the time mm. but after a, a while they just started jumping a shark like mm-hmm. every episode is what just more crazy than the first, and it's like let's get back a little bit back more back to reality. Yeah, and yeah, it was just too much. So, yeah. all right. Well, thanks, Hannah, for oh. a great story. Again, you uh, uh, really uh, blew me away with that one, and uh, I, I'm that, that was a good bit of trivia. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess we'll sign off now. As ever, if you find yourself. On this podcast, that means you've done done been been marked. marked.